I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. So welcome back, folks, to another episode of Renovation Made Right. We are very excited to be here today. And today... Who are you and who am I? I have no idea who you are. <laughs> we always do the like, hello, uh, David Bryan. Hi, I'm Brenda Bryan. <laughs> I'm David Bryan. Sorry. I got so excited. <laughs> you just totally fumbled the intro. I, I know I did. I'm Let's sorry. keep going. Okay. So we have a call-in guest today, and we are excited to talk to him. His name is Nathan Brown, and he's from Iowa, and he's got a question for us. So welcome, Nathan. Hey, how are you doing today? We are doing great. And and to be honest, we know Nathan was kind enough to send a quick email to let us know what he's asking. And in the email, he said he's listened to all of our episodes. So first, I feel like we need to apologize. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, So sad for you. Yeah. And so, Nathan, tell us what's uh, what's going on. Tell us a little bit about the home that you have and the, and the project you're thinking about. And uh, and again, thank you for, for calling and thank you for listening. Yeah. So uh, we bought a 1980s ranch here last September and really right away got into it. And that's kind of where I started listening and going back and did a whole kitchen remodel, just finished that up. Wow. And now we're looking at the basement. So how'd the kitchen turn um, out? Really good. Uh, we ended up taking out some walls, a uh, big LVL beam across, open it up. That's and awesome. uh, did you do we were able to avoid the white. Yes, we did. Wow. Good job. Nice. Nice. So you got some skills. Yeah. Well, uh, I got a dad who has lots of skills, and uh, I'm good at listening. So, <laughs> well right. done, well done. It's good to suck in the uh, the folks when you can, right? Yeah. Oh exactly. yeah. So basement, so bathroom's done. Now we're onto the basement. Tell us about that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So kitchen's, base, kitchen's done. Kitchen's done. Sorry. Yep. Yep. So the basement, uh, seven foot ceilings. I'm six foot six myself. So <laughs> my my issue is how can I finish this basement because we're, I just got married here this last two weeks ago, and we're kind of future thinking if we're going to need like a mother-in-law suite so we're not all crammed right next to each other in this hallway, three bedrooms off of it. Okay. Um, we're thinking about what can we do in this basement, like to have some an entertainment area, laundry rooms down there, but there really isn't a whole lot of room in there, and I know with the floor, there's we live at the bottom of the hill, so there's quite a bit of water coming in to okay. to that area so but we have a sump pump they've done a dry basement system oh, nice. along the walls fantastic so we're in a good spot but i want to kind of figure out what i can do to minimize any of that height getting shrunk up with finishes okay so let's let's talk about that so if you've been a regular listener you know we actually have one bit one company in our business that does nothing but basement finishing mm -hmm. so, so we definitely have a lot of experience here um let me back up a little bit for use because you just mentioned the idea of sort of an in-law space. So do you ever intend on having that space potentially be a sleeping space? 
Yes. Okay. So let's let's start there. And, and the other side of this is, if you're going to self-perform this, I don't know your area in terms of code conformance and, and code requirements, but um, you know, I'm going to advise you, assuming that you're going to pull a permit. Whether you what, what you do about that or not is your prerogative. But of course, I'm gonna... we have you recorded. Now, so this, this can be used against you in a court of law. Um, and we haven't given your address out, so you're you know, so, yeah. so no one's going to be. We able didn't to, even say the right. town, so you're okay. Yeah. So, but um, but. If you're thinking about it from a code perspective, there's a couple things to consider. And also, obviously, from a how much you love your mother-in-law perspective, there's kind of a thing to consider too, right? Because in the uh, the requirement for any any sleeping space in a bedroom, in a basement, pardon me, it means that it has to have two means of egress, meaning you know, you have to be able to obviously get out of the bedroom through the bedroom door, but you have to be able to get out of the bedroom through another point of access, which can mm-hmm. can be a basement window if the window meets egress side, or it could be an exterior door. So is any part of your basement a walkout part or is it, is the whole basement fully underground? So we do have a walkout and within where that walkout door is, there's, there's a pretty large window that I was thinking even replacing because it it did have some water damage there Okay, and getting something that's kind of meets those standards for egress. Yep. And so you can look up your, you should be able to look up online your local code requirements, but typically the egress code requirements, they talk about two things. They talk about total opening square footage, and then they talk about the dimensions width by height of opening, meaning like if you have a a double hung window and the window is all the way in the up position, it has to meet um, a width by height as well as a square footage in order for someone to be able to get out of that window. And the truth is, I say someone getting out of that window. The reality is they designed the code around uh, a fireman with a uh, with a tank on his back being able to get in, mm-hmm. right? And so, so that's the concept there. But um, so that's one thing to think about. It sounds, and that also obviously impacts how you design the space, right? And where you're going to orient that bedroom. Uh, and, and ideally, it needs to be you know tied into that exterior uh, access. Not both. You don't have to have the door and the window. You just have to have one, one or, or the other in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that's one consideration. The other consideration is most municipalities code is going to require seven feet to the finished height of the space. So one of your questions was, okay, what are we going to put on the ceiling if we're going to do that? And obviously your situation is you want to chew up as little height as possible. You're a really tall guy. You want to chew up as little yeah. height as possible. You're finished, right? So mm-hmm. um I almost always advise people to put a suspended ceiling into their basement for a lot of reasons. And not the least of which is the fact that it gives you future access to plumbing and electrical. Um, Because I I almost feel like it's inevitable. As soon as you sheetrock your basement, you have your first leak in upstairs, right? And now you've got a stain in your ceiling in the basement, right? Um, But in your case, I would say, tell me how much piping and, and mechanical work is below the joists right now in your basement. So the good part is the area that I want to have as kind of that storage mechanical area is where a bathroom upstairs is currently sitting over. So I wouldn't be finishing that area. And I I think that would work out pretty well. Um, As for the other side of the basement, yeah, there's a big duct run that goes along uh, with some of the supports down in the basement, but I think in those areas, it's probably about six foot six exactly, because I can feel it grazing the top of my hair. <laughs> okay. So the, actually, the code does allow for a certain percentage of basement space to be below the maximum require the minimum requirement. So if 
you can have, I don't, it depends on the, on the municipality you're in, but you can have in some cases like a third by way of like beams or ducts be below the requirement. So you can have it certainly, you can have it be lower, but then the balance of the space has to sort of meet the seven feet. Now, candidly, if you choose to do the work yourself and you don't choose to permit it, then, and that, unfortunately, that's the way a lot of basements happen. That's something to think about. Um, but, you know, it's a, but obviously you want to maximize your, your height just for comfort and enjoyment. You want to have as mm-hmm. much basement as you can, right? So, um, in that scenario. Are your in-laws short? <laughs> they are uh, probably a little bit taller than average. Okay. Uh, so I'm, I'm just wondering yeah, how comfortable gonna it's going to be for them down there. It'd be ideal <laughs> to have a five-foot-tall mother-in-law in right. this situation. <laughs> Maybe she'll shrink with age like we all do. Right. There you go. So, so I would say, I think in this application, as much as I'd say suspended ceiling is my preference, you probably need to be doing some sort of a sheetrock ceiling and uh, you'd probably be applying that directly to the underside of your joist to the extent that you can, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's going to that's gonna yield the most amount of, of headroom. In your email, you also mentioned that the floor is really uneven. Tell me about that. What's, is it because so the slab is broken? No, it's because of uh, there's a drain on one side of the basement, and it looks like they just kind of they brought the incline all the way over to that drain, mm. and it, I'd say it's probably close to a foot wow. below the rest of the uh, basement height. Because I mean, I start walking over there, and I got all this room above my head down in that corner. Wow. Okay. And, all right. So that's interesting. So uh, do you? So as a part of this, do you feel like you want to try to take sort of the curse off of that and try to get to a place where the floor is level or is that too much is that a bigger undertaking than you're thinking about so i was planning on getting the leveling done we're planning on having the uh, laundry room put over there so we can utilize that floor drain okay. laundry room okay um but i'd still need to extend that uh drain to get the height and because we're also gonna have a bathroom in that and i, I wasn't exactly sure how to plumb up a bathroom with such a drastic incline Yep. Yeah. And so, so you're going to want, so you're going to want to fix that floor first, but regardless, if you're going to put a bathroom in, there's a couple of ways to do that. Do you already have, is the, is the waistline for your house um, already underground? Is it going through the slab or does it leave through the wall? It, it goes down to the slab. Okay. And is it in the area that you're already thinking about or are you going to have to? It is about 10 foot away. Okay. So, um, so then what that's, you're going to break up your slab anyway. So you, in a, in a perfect, mm-hmm. whenever you can, you want your bathroom to be gravity flow anyway, as opposed to having to put an injection system in. Um, and so you have a good setup, but you're going to have to break your slab up just to get your pipes in anyway. So, it, you, you know, at, at 26, hopefully you're a strong, healthy guy. You're doing, you don't mind, <laughs> you don't mind doing some, uh, some manual labor. I actually, I, I would recommend that you take the opportunity uh, to break up that slab, and you know, the, I would assume that you subcontract the plumbing work, right? Yes. Okay. Correct. So I'd find the plumber you like, um, and once you get a plumber lined up, walk through the project with him. He would give you a, a good idea of what your waistline layout's going to be like, and he would then tell you, all right, at a minimum, you have to take up this much floor, uh, and by the time that's done. You know, you'd be in good shape, I think, to, uh, you know, to, to then when you re-pour your concrete, you can use that opportunity to then level the floor out, right? Um, and, mm-hmm. and so not only are you, are, are you filling in where the pipes were, uh, but then you're, you're probably capping on top of that to get yourself back to a level floor, if that makes sense. 
Nope, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, and one thing to think about, if you're going to be pouring uh, your concrete over concrete, uh, you know, up to a point that works okay, but you want to use a bonding agent. So you want to, you can buy mm -hmm. an uh, inexpensive bonding agent at uh, like a Home Depot or a Lowe's. You put that on the old concrete first before you do the new concrete, and you won't have to worry about that concrete separating. And concrete itself doesn't like to get really thin. So you might only pour the concrete to a certain depth, and then you have to use sort of a like a, a liquid self-leveler where it's going to tie into the rest of the floor so it all sort of ends up coming up sort of seamless when you're when you're done. Is that making sense? Yeah, yeah, okay. no, th okay. that makes sense. Uh, one thing I did have with that, with the concrete down in the basement, uh, I'm pretty sure there was no vapor barrier in that concrete. Sure. So, so putting flooring down over the concrete because I didn't exactly want to use the subfloor because then I'm just eating more room. Absolutely. The head height. Yep. So is it fine to just have a vapor barrier like that, that plastic underlinement and just run it across the whole basement for flooring yeah. or? Yeah. So I, I, in a, in a perfect world, you're not, you want to try to choose a floor product. And this is probably something from your local flooring company you want to work with that's designed for a basement environment. And, and there's a certain level of expectation that there's moisture migration through slabs right now. Let me clarify, mm -hmm. because you put a basement dry system in and, and, it, and it ran the, I'm assuming they ran the perimeter with the drain, right? Yep. That, okay. Yes. And since that point in time, have you ever had standing water? No, there has not been. Perfect. Okay. Um, and did you contract for that company? That did, was done before we got okay. to the house. All right. And, and is there a, is there a name uh, of the company on the, on the material, on the equipment that was put in so they, they do the service work and yep. stuff? Yep. Okay, and is there mm -hmm. is there a battery backup to it? So there, yes, there is uh, two sub pumps and Perfect. two uh, yeah battery backups for okay. each of those. So um, so two things to think about. One, uh, you you ultimately always have moisture moving in basements. So the question is more mm -hmm. is not as much about how do we eliminate it in terms of of getting in it, but how do we manage it when it exists, right? So my guess would be the company that was hired to do that system and that put the put the uh, the battery backup and stuff. Uh, two, first thing, first of, all, first of all, they typically will offer a maintenance program, something you should think about because when you now go to invest in finishing, you want to make sure your battery backup is always functioning and that your sump pump is being maintained so that in the event that it gets called on, you're not having a problem, right? So, mm -hmm. and, and that same company will probably sell a very high quality, very good dehumidifier like not the kind you pick up at home depot or lowe's but the kind that's designed to continuously run and extract the moisture and make the basement part of your house feel just like the first floor right, right. that because it, there's always more moisture in basements and what you don't want to do is invest in especially in drywall or anything that right. that's susceptible to mold if you have a higher uh, moisture content down there you're gonna it's gonna start smelling moldy right and, and you don't want that yeah and so if you put in a good dehumidification system that controls the air you you don't get you know how like it's often when you go into a basement you get kind of a musty feel or a musty smell mm -hmm. right that's the thing you want to avoid so putting in a good dehumidifier uh, is a big piece of of making the basement feel right and feel good um, and also a good part of making you know the floor be less of a concern because we're mitigating you know mitigating that moisture when it's starting to come in so. Going to a flooring company and finding a product that's approved for in-contact installation in your basement will solve the problem. Most of it's going to be a PVC-based core. You want to make sure you avoid anything with like a wood core. I'd even avoid a cork 
uh, I'd avoid the cork core as well. Anything that's organic is not a good choice because the mold and mildew feeds off, you know, anything organic. Uh, so I, th I think thinking, th thinking that through, but if you, th if you go that way and you think, say, okay, let's go with like a click together floor, like a, a luxury vinyl plank, those floors really want to be on top of a pretty smooth substrate. So, um, thinking through okay what am i going to do yeah. to get the floor as smooth as i can so that the so that the flooring will not uncouple it, it won't it won't unclick is uh, is also a big deal and so is a roll product a better choice then um you know i don't that's a good question uh i'd actually defer to the flooring company so did you uh, what did you do for a floor in your kitchen you just renovated uh we did uh lvp perfect and you guys laid that uh, you laid that yourself yep okay in this case, as much as you guys are DIYers, which which is awesome, I'd probably I'd probably invest in using a flooring company and get them in to give you an opinion of the best the best way to deal with your floor. Right? They'll they'll be familiar with what what the right prep work has to be on the slab, and they'll be familiar with you know being able to do that and do the install. So you'll spend a little more money, but you'll get the product you want after you do everything else. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, that sounds perfect. For that dehumidifier, yep. if that is in the mechanical space, will that still awesome. hit the rest of the basement? Yes. Or is that just, okay. No, so so what I would suggest is um, probably the company, I don't, do you, you by any chance recall the name of the company? Because I'm familiar with a few of the different networks in the market. Uh, it is oh, Dry Basements something, I think, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, so the likelihood is, that they're going to have a system that they can offer where you do exactly what you said. You actually put the unit itself in your unfinished space and you can duct it through the finished space. So there's going to be one duct down low, one duct up high. And the nice thing about that is um, it's a super quiet machine and it'll just move that air around and do a nice job at drying that space out. We've got the same, we've got that system in what, in a basement in our home and it works like a champ. Um, and yeah, it keeps it super dry. Keeps it's it nice. super dry and it manages the moisture uh, really well, and you don't he, you don't see it or hear it. It's just doing its work for you. And if you put it like if it, let's say that room has multiple rooms to it, um, it'll still extract. You know, moisture moves from areas of high concentration to areas of low concentration. So it so it naturally wants to move um, into the area where it's being dried out. So if your main room is drying out all the time, the bedroom, as long as the doors open periodically, the bedroom will also dry out as well. I think that. Uh... That covers most of it, but for drywall, would it be good to use a moisture-resistant uh, drywall? It is, you know. So I'm not. I'll be candid with you. Um, I'm not a big fan of drywall in a basement because drywall mm -hmm. is a food source for mold. So there are two products to consider. The the moisture-resistant drywall is a good solution. There's also a product on the market called Dense Armor. And you see dense armor in commercial applications, like the yellow material you see sometimes on the outside of buildings or goes over metal studs. Yeah. Um, that's a good product too. It's, uh, it's, it's more tolerant of moisture and less likely to support mold growth. So either of those products are really a good way to go. And I'm also a believer, if you're comfortable with it, a believer in avoiding wood studs and doing metal studs instead. That takes, a, it's a mm -hmm. different skill set, but there's like plenty of YouTube videos on and it actually once you get the hang of it it works pretty easily and, and it goes pretty well and these days wood is so crazy expensive you probably would actually spend less money on material if you did metal studding rather than wood studding mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay 
and uh, and then the last piece of it is obviously your insulation, uh, and uh, using a, a rock wool type product is also a really nice solution. It does a good job on sound deadening. It's also inorganic, uh, and it's a little more money for the materials as well. But again, you know that's you get a better product when all is said and done, and it does a nice job at, at keeping the space nice and comfortable uh, from a thermal perspective as well. And then since I have that the kind of interior wrap that uh, pretty much brings all the water down to the uh, French drain that goes around my basement, yep. do I need to put a another uh, vapor barrier on top of that? You do not. You do not. You're 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 going to okay. be uh, you'll be in pretty good shape, I think, um, based on based on those other, on the other stuff you're going to be installing. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. No, that, that sounds perfect. I appreciate the help. And I, I definitely couldn't have made it through the kitchen uh, remodel without listening uh, to you guys. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that we appreciate so awesome. that, Nathan. Thank you very much. I'm going to cry. This is a great way for us to end yeah, our Friday. I, I can send some pictures. Uh, oh, we would really like that. It's looking like. yeah, we would so like that. So, yeah, if you wouldn't mind sending that, Meryl, we'll get, we'll get that up on our Insta. We really appreciate that. That's wonderful. All right, well, thank you for your time, Nathan Brenda. All awesome. right, Nathan. Have, have yourself a great weekend. Thank you very much. Yep, you too. Take yeah. care. Bye. So thank you so much for listening to another edition of Renovation Made Right. We're so happy that Nathan called in. Um, and it was so nice to get to talk to a listener. That's always exciting for us. Uh, yeah. Anyway, my name is Brenda Bryan. And I'm Dave Bryan. Thanks very much for being with us. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com. And follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you like the show, leave us a review.